What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo, and this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Each week, I get together with some of the most inspiring and creative people I know to share their stories of success and failures and have conversations about what got them to where they are in the hopes that it inspires you to get out there and start living the best life that you can possibly live, that it inspires you to get out there and start creating, that it inspires you to inspire somebody else to get out there and start creating, and whatever that might look like. This isn't just about painting pictures or taking pictures or being an artist. This is about living an inspired life and whatever that means for you. So that's my goal with this podcast, with these conversations, that these people that I'm talking to inspire you to live the life that you've been put on this planet to live. So I have a lot of fun things happening. Things that are making me excited and very vulnerable all at the same time. So I've decided I'm going to start a podcast network. It's called Lighthouse Family. I'm going to be hosting six shows. I'm going to tell you about those shows in an upcoming episode. Um, And they're all with some inspiring and creative people that I know in the Philadelphia area and beyond. And I've reached out to these people because I see something amazing in them and value in them that they can share and give back to everyone listening. So the podcast network is called Lighthouse Family. All of the socials are being created. It's going to be Lighthouse Family Network at Gmail, at Facebook, at Instagram. You can go follow. There's nothing there yet. We're still building. It's a process. And in this process... I'm going to do something that I've never done in my professional career, and that is launch a Kickstarter to ask for your help, because I can't do this alone. And I don't want to do this alone, which is why I reached out to this first group of people to be, to have their shows, because I want to create with other inspiring people, and I want to help uplift everyone that I can and share as much inspiring content with all of you. So I'm launching a Kickstarter. It's going to be live November 11th, 11-11. There'll be more information coming about that really soon, but I'm in the process of creating the Kickstarter video, and I would love for you to be in the video. What do you think about that? It's really easy. All I need you to do is take your phone, your mobile calling device, if you will, turn it sideways, break out of the Instagram story, Snapchat mindset. So we're going to turn the phone sideways, throw the video camera on, hit record, smile, and say, I'm the lighthouse. Pretty simple. I think the hardest part for people is actually turning the phone sideways. So just turn the phone sideways, smile, say, I'm the lighthouse, and then email that little video message to lighthousefamilynetwork at gmail.com. So be on the lookout for that. Please be part of the process. If you are enjoying the podcast on Spotify or iTunes, please subscribe. Subscribe anywhere you're listening. Leave us a review. Check those stars if you're in the iTunes world. It all helps get this podcast out in front of more people. Thank you all so much for being part of this, for listening. I really appreciate you. I appreciate 
this whole process. It's been so exciting. I've absolutely fallen in love with this. It's given me a new spark of creativity and inspiration. And I hope that the people that I'm talking to are inspiring you as well. That's the goal with this, that, that the information and the content that I'm putting out is inspiring you to get out there and start living your best life. So kick back and enjoy the episode and be on the lookout for all the exciting Kickstarter stuff. And I think I can say that this episode is brought to you by Lighthouse Family. This week on the Inspired Creativity Podcast, I'm talking with Tom Morris. Tom is the Athletic Director of Strength and Performance at Indiana University. So you know just with that title, he needs to be inspiring. And he is, my friends, he is one of the most inspiring people I know. He has this way, which you'll hear, you know, when he talks that it just gets you excited about life and to get out there and do what it is that you want to do. So Tom has been at the Indiana University for about 15 years. And in 2012, he had a mountain bike accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down. I know it's horrible, but Tom didn't let this stop him. He kept on going. He kept on competing. He got onto a hand bike. He rides. He still gets out and races. And he still trains the athletes at Indiana University. He didn't let this accident stop him or hold him in his place or create excuses of, I can't do this anymore. He actually took this and propelled himself even further. Him and his wife started a wonderful charity called Tom's Team, which we talk about as well. I'll link it down below. Please go check that out. Maybe give a little donation if you can, but kick back, enjoy this episode. It's super inspiring and really start to believe in yourself and how strong you truly are. I think, you know, we come humans tend to, you know, find excuses of why we can't do things. And I hope this episode helps you realize that you can do anything that you put your mind to, that the mind is so much stronger than we allow it to be. And we really need to own that strength so we can get out into the world and kick ass. So kick back, grab a coffee, enjoy my conversation with Tom, check out all the links below, and I will talk to you all next week. Uh, what's up, everybody? I am Joe Longo, and this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. And today we are talking to Tom Morris. Tom is an inspiring motherfucker. I curse a lot. I love it. Um, I love it. Conversation so, and energy high when you throw a little swear words out there. So, curse away. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Tom and I grew up in the same, you know, little town in Northeast PA. And somehow we made it out. <laughs> thank yes, thank the Lord. Um, but it really was. It was a great place to grow up. But I am happy to be yeah. out. So, Tom, is, is, what is your role now at, in Indiana? What, what are My you doing there? Is, I'm the director of strength and conditioning uh, for Indiana University. So I oversee uh, all about 15 strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, that we oversee 24 different sports. Um, directly, I work with the Indiana men's soccer team. 
who is an absolute, you know, eight-time national championship champions. I mean, just an incredible uh, group of guys. So it's a it's a really incredible it's a really incredible job. It's an incredible university to be part of, and a uh, lot a lot of fun. Right, and you've been there. How many years have you been there? Going on number fifteen. Wow, that long. That just made me feel really old. Well, you and me both. I, Chris and I look back at that and go, it's unbelievable to think that 15 years ago uh, we moved out here. Wow. Unreal. Unplied. It sure does. It sure does. So obviously, you know, Tom, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, everything that has happened since you've been in Indiana and how you kept going. So if you wouldn't mind telling all of our listeners, you know, a little bit about your story and, you know... What what happened? I don't, you know I hate to say you know that there was an accident, but there there was an accident. But you by no way let that stop you. No, no. So and no doubt there was definitely an accident. Uh, <laughs> but let me give you a little background. So 15 years ago, you know, Chris and I moved out here um, to really just you know work with the university and and really just you know kind of start our life in the professional world. Um, shortly after I got out here, though, I found myself, you know, craving the ability to really get out and want to compete, you know, compete in life, train, um, you know, go out there and uh, to work out, but actually be able to go and um, demonstrate what, what all this training uh, was going to be about. And I found that in the world of, of mountain biking and road biking and triathlons. And so I, I, I pretty much became kind of addicted to it. I just absolutely loved I went to bed thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. And just live this life of, um, you know, biking and running and swimming and, and doing all these different races. And so about six years ago, uh, I was out on a training ride, a mountain bike training ride. And um, typical typical training ride went around the corner, though. And this time, uh, things changed. Things were a, a lot different. Uh, but I was, I, sh- I came around that turn and I, I struck something. And, and I don't know what that was even to this day. But all of a sudden, I found myself somersaulting through the air. You know, the long story short on that is I struck the ground with the top part of my head, and I broke my C6, C7 vertebrae, uh, which pretty much uh, easiest way to say it is I broke my neck. You know, that accident left me paralyzed from the chest down with all four limbs impaired. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, to say it was life-changing is such an understatement because it's changed everything about how, I go about day-to-day life and, and how I go about really, you know, managing and being able to still continue to keep living and, and keep driving. But um, that that day six years ago uh, woke me up to a lot of what life is all about and how valuable uh, each and every second we have and, and, and everything that we get to do every day. Right. Which, you know, obviously is, you know, one of the, the reasons that I, I wanted to, you know, have you on you know because this is you know it's called inspired creativity and a lot of people sometimes think that i'm just talking to artists or things like that but really you know it's anyone doing inspiring things and to have such an incident happen in your life like i would think that could really stop people from moving forward and instead with you you've really turned it into this amazing inspiring story because you you're pretty much doing everything that you were doing before if not more probably at least that's what it seems like that you're just you know changing the world and inspiring people well and it, it, it is that was the major goal you know that 
that accident six years ago, literally what I say is it, it zeroed me out. Like it, it took 32 years of my life and then it pretty much put it back to zero. You know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't physically take care of myself. Um, I'd lost all independence on there. Professionally, I was in a place where I didn't know what the future was, you know, what was going to be, um, if I was going to have a job, if I was going to be able to continue to keep doing stuff. Um, I didn't know really where that was going to set me. So, um, it, it kind of stirred up everything and uh, it, it changed every, my, my whole view on things. So it took, you know, it took about, it took about a good two or three years, but I was able to climb from that zeroed out feeling, that zeroed out part and get myself at least back to where I was before. And you know what? Now we're just continuing to get better each and every day, you know, continuing to, to do things that I never thought were possible as far as professionally, as far as, you know, even, even family oriented that of just, it's really just an incredible time. Right. And you are, because I mean, I, I see your Facebook posts and you're, you know, you're out riding and racing and and competing. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny about a year, you know, when this all happened, it, you know, obviously happened on a mountain bike. And for a year of my life, I, um, you know, I wouldn't go near a bike. And it wasn't that I feared it. It wasn't anything like that. I just didn't have an urge to get on it. And um, I had this thing called a hand cycle that was basically the equivalent to a bike. You know, it's just you to use your hands with it. But I just sat there and I let it, I just stared at it. I didn't really, I just didn't want to get on it. So a year passes and this young little, uh, a friend of mine, his daughter, uh, seven years old, she asked me about getting out and riding. And, you know, you know, just go come for a ride with me. And, and who could turn down a little seven-year-old when they ask you something like that? And so I did. And, and I went out that day. And it was almost about a year directly or, you know, exactly after this accident, got out there on that bike. And this little girl did circles around me. But the funny thing was is after about a half a mile into this and I was completely exhausted and completely blown out, I just had this huge freedom that just came back to me this this you know not only even it not only independence but that freedom you get from being able to express yourself in the in the in, in sport and, and in the ability to get out on a bike or or be able to do all that stuff you know and it took a year of my life that i didn't capitalize on and i just looked at that hand cycle and i was so fortunate enough for that little girl to actually go and ask me to get out and ride because it jump-started me into you know not only uh, hand cycling again, but actually getting out and competing again, you know, getting those, getting that same mindset back of, of training and working hard and working hard with a progression to actually get out and race and actually compete against other people that are, are, are in similar situations. And it was a huge part of my life that was, uh, I was really, really, I'm, I'm super fortunate enough that has been able to come back to me. Uh, and I value it every single day that I have the ability to get out and get on that hand cycle. And, and really be able to you know, elevate the heart rate again and just show that demonstration of who I am through the world of sports. Right, right. And you obviously kept your job and it sounds like you may have advanced as well in, in your position at, at Indiana. I have, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, obviously a little bit about my job uh, before, you know, as a strength conditioning coach, it's a, um, a very physical job. There's a lot of you know, you're in, in the trenches, we call it, like with all of our athletes. And so obviously going through um, an event such as uh, what I've gone through, the ability to come back and, and do this job as physically as I was able to before, you know, it was a big question. I mean, I had a lot of confidence in it, but I just didn't know exactly how I was going to go about doing it. 
luckily I was able to come back to work and jump right back into where I left off. And that position just taught me a little bit about how I was going to have to change, how I was going to have to change as far as using my words over my physical uh, demeanor. It was going to teach me how to uh, be able to relate to people better. And it was also going to teach me a little bit about um, you know, where people are at even with injuries or being down and being helping them kind of bring themselves back, uh, which I think is a hugely vital thing that I kind of took for granted uh, before I was in this accident. So I was able to get back to work, get back in, and, and really be able to dive right back in the, the job that I had. And from that point, over the last three years, I've been able to kind of continue to keep moving up the ladder, keep up uh, progressing uh, through the world of strength conditioning, through the world of athletics, and that has landed uh, me in this position of being um, an athletic director with the uh, with the Indiana University. So right. it's a pretty cool deal. So how how was it? Like I would think, you know, jumping back in, um, the like the mindset around like rolling, like getting into the to the weight room again and actually working with with the with the kids. Like was it? I don't know. I would think I would have like a that my mind would start messing with me, you know, like yeah. going back. Like how how are these kids going to look at me? Boom, and you nailed it right on the head because this is what I like. A lot of people had talked to me about how I was going to go about doing this, and I thought about different digital devices and stuff. I could just show videos, I could do all this stuff. But the number one thing that was on my mind was I didn't want to have a job just to have this job. I wanted to have this job because, you know, it, I was really, really good at it, and I'm going to impact the lives of these athletes. But I was scared to death that I didn't know how they were going to perceive me. Were they going to feel bad for me? Were they going to listen because that the guy in the wheelchair, would they not listen? Would they feel like they're getting their full capabilities of the of what the university has to offer? So it was the biggest scare in the, in the pit of my stomach coming back to work. And so after that first day, I came back and I trained the women's basketball team. And we lined up and we went through this little warm-up and we got everything going. And it only took about 15 minutes into this. And those ladies were completely drenched in sweat and I mean, exhausted laying on the ground that I realized that they didn't perceive me any different than they did before. They literally saw me as a coach. They literally saw me as, you know, the, the person that I was before, just going to be kind of expressing himself in a different way, but they didn't hold back at all. And, you know, five years now, I've been doing this from a new position of the chair. And I could say that with all the kids coming in from the ones that have known me before to the freshmen that are in here brand new, Everyone comes in here with the same respect and mindset that we're here to just get better and you're the guy that's going to help us get better. So it's this thing that you know, I always try to tell people a lot of the things you have, a lot of these uh, a lot of these different boundaries and little things that you place in your own head are just in your own head. They're not really in anybody else's, you know, these fears and these different things that are going on. You know, the truth is that if you get them out of your head, most of the people that you're dealing with, they don't have those same apprehensions, apprehensions or anything. So the reality is, is that you got to go jump into a full bore and you got to get after it. And most of those people are just going to thrive right with you. And I was fortunate enough that once I got back into this job, that's how it was. All those fears went away and all that stuff is kind of in the past. And now we just work on getting better each and every day. Yeah. So was there like, was there something that you um, like what, like, pushed you 
or like where did you pull inspiration from to really not allow this to defeat you like to really just be like fuck it i am doesn't matter what my body is doing now i'm still going to push forward because you know i i like there are times when like things happen in my life and i'm just like oh man this sucks you know and i get really down on myself but to come back in such uh, an inspiring way like was there like did you have like any kind of like outside of like you know physical therapy and stuff like any other kind of like practice like meditation or anything to like keep your mind really focused and inspired you know it's funny because uh, that, that's a that's a it's a tough question but but it's a question that i think about a lot so I'll, I'll say the number one thing is is if anybody knows my wife uh, she, you know that she is as hardcore as they come, and if she is, she will not only hold you accountable, but she will make sure that you are continuing to push yourself better each and every day, no matter what the circumstances are. And I am fortunate enough to have been married to her for over, you know, over 11 years now, and been with her for over 20 some years. So she's kind of that rock that, you know, I never was really allowed to give an excuse. I never was able to, to kind of. Um, ever dwell on anything because she was literally going to put a foot up my ass if I did that, which is awesome because it kept me going. But the other part is, is you, you know, we, we joke about coming up in that old, you know, in, in, in Northeast Pennsylvania, the old coal mining region, but that coal mining region taught you a lot of stuff, man. And it taught you a lot about hard work and not complaining and just go out and bust your ass. And if you want something, you got to go and get it. And no one cares about complainers, no, nor is anybody going to sit there and, and, and dwell and, and just you know, kind of give you sympathy. And, and for me, I was taught at a young age that adversity equals opportunity. You know, everything that is going on in your life, uh, in your life, positively or negatively, you can look at it as what you want. But the reality is, is that adversity, if you see adversity equaling opportunity, well, then you're going to be able to maximize life. And so what you should crave is almost a little friction in your life, a little bit of a little bit of negativity, because if you view it in a way of this could actually make me better, the end result, the macro result, the big time result um, could be exceptional because of this. Well, then you kind of welcome that stuff. And and believe it or not, I, I remember laying there five days into this event and um, I was so happy going in five days. Believe I, I mean, I just didn't have a negative bone in my body. But on day five, the magnitude of what this accident was all about, uh, just, you know, it showed its ugly face. I mean, it was some of the stuff I had to go through, you know, it was unbelievable. And and it took five days, but the reality was it kind of rocked me, um, you know, to a rock bottom point. And, and I thought of two things at that point. One was a quote by J.K. Rowling, uh, which said, rock bottom became, became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And then I remembered adversity equals opportunity. I remember old football coaches saying that I just remember a handful full of people telling me this. And that night when I laid there on day five, I thought, you know, there's no way that I'm going to let this define me. And I may be at rock bottom right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to climb out of this hole. I just had to figure out how I was going to do that. And the foundation on which I continue to keep getting better each and every day is that same idea. Adversity equals opportunity. And when something shitty happens in my life, I no doubt I get a little down on it, but I also see it as how it's going to impact me later on, how I could get better, how I can help others get better, and how the whole big picture, the macro picture, becomes a lot better with anything. So um, that's, kind of, that's kind of the big deal of what it mm-hmm. is. But uh, there's a lot of other things that go into it from an incredible support system, from, all, from everybody that's 
you know, from that our community growing up to you know my family that's out here to everything. Uh, but there's a lot of the lot of the the, the big nuts and bolts. Of it. Right, right. That's just. I mean, just like listening to you talk, I just want to go out and I don't know be the most fucking amazing person I can be. For everyone that's listening, you know, when your mind starts telling you these silly stories that you can't, please just, you know, really think about it. And it really comes down to your mind, you know? Like, you have to have control over the stories that our mind will tell us. And a lot of times, the mind tries to fuck with you and tell you that you're just not that strong. When in reality, we're just so much stronger than the mind wants us to let us, you know, really allow us to believe. I, I can really do anything if I just start believing in myself. You know, and, that, and that's what it is. You know, the, the, the mind, you know, the body wants to be comfortable. It's just it's survival. I mean, that's what we always, we teach our athletes that. We teach a lot of, you know, that it's just human nature for the body wanting to be, to be comfortable in any, uh, for instance. But the mind, it also wants to be comfortable, but it wants to test that body. It wants to be able to, you know, challenge it and then make it better. You know, the human nature, just being a human being is, you know, craving just to be better and better and better. And we sometimes fight that body and mind thing. But the truth is, is that, yeah, your mind and your body can handle so much. It's just a way of perceiving that welcoming of that arms being up and feeling the burn. You know, like I said, if I, my, my, I have a thing here that I say to our, our kids, but, you know, if, if you don't feel like quitting, you're not going hard enough. And, and for me, like when I race, when I do all that stuff, like I love the fact of when I start thinking about quitting. Like I just, I love it. I mean, I've done an Ironman before and, uh, you know, different bike races. And I mean, there have been times that I've literally thought about picking up the tire, slamming it off a rock and using that as an excuse of why I didn't finish. I blew a tire out. Sorry, couldn't do it. But I, I, I never have. But the fact is, is when I cross that finish line, it's so worth it because it's just the pain and uncomfortableness of, of life and being able to cross that finish line later on, it makes everything worth it. And like right now, I'm in one hell of a friggin' mountain bike race. And it's, uh, some days are a lot shittier than others. But I just know that, you know, whatever it is down the road, and this is all said and done, and I get to look back on it, I hope the same, you know, gratitude that I feel towards not giving up into uh, that mountain bike race or, or Ironman events or any of that stuff is the same that I'm sitting at when, I, or when I'm laying on a bed, you know, waiting to maybe leave this earth or whatever it is. So everything that I'm doing is literally with the motivation that I'm going to go, I'm going to go really hard at this. And, and the more it sucks, the better the end result is going to be and the better I can look back on it and know that I have, I've literally thrown it all out there and, uh, and I'm walking off this field with, with nothing left. Yes. Yes. I'm sure you're probably familiar with, um, I'll probably pronounce his name the wrong way. David Gergens. David Gergens. Yeah. David Goggins. Goggins yes. Yes. And he has this, you know, saying do one thing every day that sucks. Does, and that's it. Basically that, that's a big message that I always try and paint the picture that like, no matter how bad it sucks right now, if you just don't quit, it literally will always get better. Like it always, a race always slows down eventually that you can get in there and, and life always gets better. If, as long as you just stay persistent and just keep going at it. So it's a, uh, it's an incredible thing, but it definitely living life with growth and being able to have that growth mindset of continuing to want to get better and not stay where you're at and always challenging yourself that, you know, do one thing that sucks, do one thing that's just different in your life every day. 
the, the, the ability that it gives, what it gives back to you is just, you know, 10 times what, what people live that sit there and just go through the motions. Right. So along with, you know, everything that's happening at, at Indiana, you're also doing some more speaking engagements and, and things like that? I am, yeah. So I, I have been really fortunate enough to be able to, you know, speak all throughout the country in some of the, you know, biggest businesses of like Google um, and, and Cook Pharmaceuticals and some of these big businesses have been able to get in there and share my story and, um, you know, share my adventure, you know, similar as we're, we're talking right now, but being able to, you know, show where, where I was to what happened to the growth of getting back to, you know, with with sharing my story is a really important thing for me because I hope that it could kind of resonate with people and, and hopefully if they're having a bad day or whatever, uh, you know, bounce them out of it. But I think what happened 30, you know, six years ago when this happened was it forced me to really look at how I, what, what my values were and um, kind of my principles as far as what I have done to get to a point at 32 years of age that I was really, really happy with myself professionally um, you know, everything about that athletically and, and you name it. And I just really had to take a hard look at that and figure out what the, the core values are of, of me and my principles. And it's allowed me to really kind of take that and, you know, make these last six years kind of grow a lot faster than before. And so I, I try and use that as far as like in a business sense and everything to, to help others out uh, through different businesses and uh, you know, different, just different individuals. Right. So how does how does that feel, or how did it feel the first time you were on a stage, you speaking? Because I'm sure it's kind of the same as being in the gym, but probably also a little different when it's just a bunch of people kind of sitting there. Yeah. So I I, I love it because you know well you know we we played football together. We grew up doing all that stuff and. You have this uh, before a football game or for any big event, you're sitting there, and, and I don't know about you, but I have never wanted to play or do anything of these big races or big events. Like, I always have the butterflies in my belly. I always question why I'm even there. Like, I just, I have that apprehension. But then when you're out there and the first hit that happens in football or the fact of, or you step on stage and you start telling your story, all of a sudden, all of that stuff just comes back as, this huge positivity and this excitement. And so the first time, the same deal was that I, I spoke in, um, in Louisville at uh, the big Christopher Reeves Foundation. And um, and we talked about a lot of, uh, you know, just telling my story. And I was scared, went into that thing as far as, um, you know, not knowing exactly how the, the crowd was going to understand it or, or perceive it. But then also going in and, and not knowing really where I was going to even go with the story, like what was my story? So the reality was, is uh, once my once I start talking, telling little bits and pieces of it, all of a sudden it kind of just all start flowing, and uh, that excitement going into it, to the excitement of actually seeing how people responded uh, to what I was telling them, was just incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. And and some of the biggest feedback I was getting from it, I had no idea where those people were actually hearing what I was saying because that wasn't my intention. But I think that's the the glorious and the joyous thing about I'm telling my story, but how it resonates with individuals is a totally different deal. And so my my struggles and my way of doing things are actually going to help others out and be able to um, to be able to enhance them in their own particular ways uh, without you know directly I guess uh, understanding what they're going through. So right. it's it's pretty awesome. 
That's that's like I, I wish you can see my face because I'm sitting here and I just have the biggest smile on my face just listening to you talk. Uh, um, that's awesome. Hey, sorry, dude. That's all right. I have a. Uh, people rolling in and out of here it's all good it's um, all good now that's exciting man I, I i wish i was there uh with the inter- or you know doing this interview but <laughs> soon enough the holidays are coming around we'll have to get together yeah that would be awesome um so allow with you know you're speaking you also started a charity called tom's team we did yeah so this is a, a charity was created by family and friends and uh what it was was it was called tom's team and basically, uh, this chair—it wasn't really a charity at first, um, but it was kind of a um, almost a support group, if you want to call it that. It was—it was this family that was uh, brought together, you know, by wristbands, basically. Um, you know, that's it. Tom's team on them, and that—that that Tom's team was was one of the biggest reasons that I am where I'm at right now because it was this this love, this uh, this in, embracing of just people from. You know, from Hazleton area and all that Northeast PA to everybody in Indiana and then friends and family from all throughout the country. And it was just this overwhelming feeling that uh, was support um, and also backing them, whatever would happen. And, and it just helped me out. And so you fast forward a couple of years and Chris and I looked at it and we're like, this was just the most incredible thing for both of us. I mean, it helped us out in so many ways that we can't even uh, you, we can't express your words. But when we looked at it, we're like, how can we help? How could we do this to help others? And so we took Tom's team as a support for for the two of us, and then we turned this into a charity. And um, you know, to this day, we we raised tens of thousands of dollars that go towards helping individuals with spinal cord injuries or individuals that have gone through you know some kind of traumatic injury, and try and get them. You know, our whole thing is taking them from wherever they're at right now to some kind of finish line. And that finish line doesn't have to be you know a five k race or anything like that. But what it what it is is wherever they're going to take it, wherever they're you know wanting to go, we want to try and help them out from some kind of uh, financial goals, or if it's just literally being able to support them and help them out. And um, it's been pretty exciting for us because it's been so rewarding uh, to be able to help others that are have gone through similar or that are going through the similar situations that you know we were that we went through. Because um, it really does help when you have people that are there to um, lend a hand and just be able to even listen to your listen to what's going on. Right, right, and I'm sure it's so helpful for other people that are going through those situations to see someone like you, you know, really, you know, keeping on, not you know, not letting it stop you, and even you know, progressing further and just turning it into this like amazing opportunity where you are able to now you know help other people and inspire other people and not just people that have had injuries like i'm saying i'm sitting here with the smile on my face like i'm inspired and i want to live a better life just listening to you and like we should all be going out there and living the best life that we possibly can no matter what so thank you for that uh, i appreciate that thank you sir no this is uh this is great. You you did hit the nail on the head. I mean, there there literally are. I mean, if you think of it, I mean, we're we're moving up in age right now. But how fast has time gone? Like just flown by. And I just look at it now and I'm like, man, I've six years of my life of some of the hardest. I mean, this is it, there's no doubt it's been challenging uh, to to you know live with a spinal cord injury and and to be this um, to be this person the last six years. But with that said, those six years have gone by so incredibly fast that I look at them like in another 10, 
you know, I got to really capitalize on this second, this minute to be able to, you know, maximize this whole thing because I always look at that end result. You know, I think it's just, it, it, you, you need to be that person that's always looking at trying to be able to, you know, do something for the biggest, you know, the biggest causes that for, for the, for people, for, for just overall society itself without sounding too cliche. But, um, I just think that that is the biggest value that you could leave on this earth. You know, that legacy is a, is a hugely important thing for me. Yes. Yes. All about the legacy. I, um, not sure if you know, I talk about him a lot. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, and you know his big thing is you know I, I like I want to have a legacy I want people to remember what I've done and be able to help people and that's you know sure we all want to have you know millions of dollars but I would rather have a legacy of helping and inspiring people than really anything else it's true it's absolutely true so do you have anything else happening exciting going on the the other day i happened to be scrolling through facebook and i think i saw something you thanking a film crew for following you around something like that happening yeah. what's going on so we, we we got a couple <laughs> little things going on there's a there's a film crew that was in um it's a thing that's a it's a podcast that's uh, called chalk talk and it's uh done with a lot of coaches uh, Division one coaches and stuff like that, or, or all or, or all level coaches. Uh, but basically, that podcast uh, was one that I'd done a, a few years ago. That basically, you know, very similar to something like this, mm-hmm. talk story and stuff. The film crew is they started this deal where it's behind the chalk talk, and so it was a film crew that basically came in and uh, did like a, a three day event where they um, captured my life and captured. You know, Chris, how Chris and I live and, and how we go about day-to-day stuff. So when that will air, I don't exactly know, uh, but it was pretty exciting to have them in. And, and we do have another film crew uh, that will be following us around for over this next year, which is pretty exciting, um, and, and basically document our life and just kind of put everything together. So, uh, the, the, you know, the, all those things are just – I just feel so fortunate to be able to – you know, tell our story and, and, and hopefully people are able to see that, you know, what you said before is, you know, with this injury, um, from being in a wheelchair, from all these little things that you know, could be limitations to you, that you literally understand that, you know, there, there are no excuses out there. And the more people can realize that, uh, the better it is. The more, even if you're in a wheelchair, if you can get out there and just you know, keep busting your butt and continuing to, to, to get better, I mean, it's, it makes life so much better than sitting there and and complaining or or staying in that place yes uh thank you so much tom for uh taking the time to chat with me um i will definitely link up the tom's team charity in the in the show notes for this and and when i share the episode out so if you're listening and you feel inspired which i'm sure you do and you want to give back a little bit please head to uh, the tom's team website and you know give what you can if you can't share it make more people aware of it you know spread the word um thank you my friend i really 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 appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and well, I, thank you, Joe, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on your show. So uh, it's been a great uh, 35, 40 minutes here. Yeah, yes. And, you know, hopefully I will get to see you over the holiday season. Yes, definitely. We should be in there right around the Christmas time. So uh, pretty excited to get back into that Northeast PA. Yes, yes. All right. Well, for everyone listening, thank you very much. I appreciate you all. And 
I will talk to you next week.